July 7th of 1995, saw the opening of the science fiction horror film, Species. The feature film quickly became MGM's biggest opening at that time. The plot revolved around a secret US government program that engineered a living organism from the combination of human and alien DNA. The hybrid creature goes on a rampage through the city of Los Angeles, leaving a trail of bodies and blood behind it. A similar situation would seemingly unfold in reality on the island of Puerto Rico just one month later. August of that very same year would see a flood of reports of a shadowy creature that locals had marked as responsible for a number of mysterious livestock deaths in the months prior, where it was claimed that at least some of the bodies had been completely drained of blood. Townspeople from around the capital city of San Juan would report identifying the menacing creature by its glowing red eyes and scale-covered body. A creature that should not have existed outside of twisted nightmares or on a movie screen. This case file joined the theorists as they play catch-up from December's rom pon fan pick and bring you the supernatural sanguine saga of the Chupacabra. Welcome to Alien Theorist Theorizing Case File 219, Chupacabra. I'm Braden. I'm Zell. I'm Dan. And I'm Andrew. All aboard. <laughs> Woo. Up Live from Meteor Studios. Sailing at the... In orbit. USS Meteor. 120,000 meters above Earth. Direct link with... The James Webb Telescope and Starlink satellites. Yeah, uh, it's just uh, it's it's now easier for us to uh, all be on here remotely since we all have our own designated uh, LCD monitors. <laughs> two from the floor, two from the ceiling. Yeah, we had their RCA though. We we <laughs> we, we cheaped out. We went to <laughs> we Zellers. Out, right? Can't yeah. afford Samsungs. Is Zellers yeah, still yeah, around? Too much. Is that no? Uh, yeah, in the bay. If you go to the bay, they have a little Zeller's corner sometimes. Are you serious, Dan? Yeah. Did you ever have Zeller's? You're telling me that there's still a place where the lowest price is the law. Yeah, that's the that's best. Real? Best <laughs> slogan. They have a little throwback corner, and it's like Zeller's, and it's all Zeller's brand and and stuff in in the bay. Wow, Dan, did you have Zeller's in the states? Uh, not on the East Coast. I don't know about the West Coast, though. I don't think it was Canadian. Is it just like Canadian? It might have just been Canadian. I've never heard of Zellers until you just. Well, let, let, let me tell you how good Zellers was. It was so good that it started to fail, and then Target bought all the Zellers and then moved into the old Zellers and actually was worse than Zellers and immediately had to shut down all their stores in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> That's because they didn't have the fuck it. They didn't have the diner, man. That's what sank their ship. The, yeah, they didn't bring back the Zeller's diner. That was yeah, the first mistake. It. Get grilled cheese and mushroom soup. Yeah. <laughs> Bomb. Fuck, you get haircuts in there. It was a one-stop shop, really. Fuck yeah. Yeah, was. they did. They had the quick cuts. Yeah. Great spot. Uh, our boy George used to work there. Just buzz cuts, man. <laughs> George. Um, oh, yeah, George. He, yeah, he's old George. Uh, Chupacabra. This one's an interesting one because this is a big one. 
when we first threw this one out, I was like, we haven't talked about Chupacabra once. I'm sure we've done a case fall on it. Nope. nope. Never done it. I don't know how it slipped through the cracks. I mean. We kept saying we're going to do it, and then we just never did it until now. Well, well it's always it's- when we kind of pushed off because our eyes, uh, making the decisions on the kind of the, the episode content, it's always kind of wanted to push this one off until you could do it do it real justice and really get into it since it's one of the, you know, the Chupacabra is the third best known cryptid. Yeah, he's one of the forefathers the of cryptids. True. Right after him, Bigfoot, aka. And Mothman. And no, Bigfoot and the Loch Ness Monster. Oh, Uncle yeah. Pogo. Which is crazy to think about too because like doing this, I was shocked when I found out how, like how old the actual name and like the mythos behind Chupacabra I'm, I'm older than Chupacabra. I, so I'm, so we all are. Yep. It's crazy. I, was it in the 90s? It's a new cryptid. Yeah, Dude, the popularity of this one just blew up. Like, it's well, crazy. Well, because it's got, like, what, right chicks, chicks dig it, man. Yeah. Chupacabra, gonna reach, gonna reach, gonna reach out and grab ya. It's a fucking banger, boys. <laughs> it's a great tune. Uh, yeah, so the, the, the Chupacabra really first gained real notoriety in 1995. So some other some other people and some other researchers will kind of try to push the date back to maybe like t- maybe 10 years, like 1980s. Some will say as early as 1970 that you had other kind of similar uh, events that occurred that kind of pointed towards some type of blood-sucking creature. But the the chupacabra, the, uh, the creature, and what you see um, when you Google it and you see the picture of the chupacabra, that one actually started in 1995 in Puerto Rico. So which, about- which one are we talking about? Are we talking about the fucking barbecued greyhound looking one? No, the one, one. It's like the lizard lizard with the, you know... It, we share the same body type, except his, his, he's a little smaller, real thick, curvy. You know, <laughs> he's got the spines on the back. Powerful lower body. Are yeah. you saying you like you personally share a body body type with Chupacabra? That's what we have. Yeah, Chupacabra <laughs> is just like mini me. I bet you just you guys are probably about exact the same amount of slimy. Yeah, BJ exactly Chupacabra. Like yeah. Slug trails everywhere. BJ Chupacabra, yeah. Same slug thing. Slug trails everywhere. So it's not a slug trail. It's a Lacupacabra. Jesus. Jesus. Photography. It's the fucking COVID film. If you, if you, yeah. If you split it up, it, it's a little bit better, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. a- Andrew did join the COVID train here, but he's he's on the mend. The COVID kid, I'm back. <laughs> So the Chupacabra had its heyday for about five years, and it was reported in a number of places, not just Puerto Rico, but you had uh, reports from Mexico, Chile, Nicaragua, Spain, Argentina, Brazil, and Florida, Brazil. among other places. I like how you said all of those. Perfect. What? I like how you yeah, said, said them all. Yeah, I did. <laughs> it, it so, was nice. I mean, not only in, the, I mean, most of those places you have Florida, but there's also, you know, more recent reports place it in places in like Southern Texas and those areas in the United States. So it still continues, sightings of the Chupacabra still continue. It's just those five years, um, you know, from 95 to 2000 were the Chupacabra. Uh, that was the know, pandemonium. That was the Chupacabra <laughs> flap, as we like to say. It was really, show. it was really starting to, uh, spread spread out from for wherever it originated now for being the third best known monster in the world 
according to some researchers. You have a number of descriptions about what the chupacabra looks like. And you can probably break them down into about three different categories about what the the appearance of the chupacabra uh, is. So you have the probably what is best known as kind of like, you could could probably say it's the original uh, form of the chupacabra. And that would probably be the the one that we mentioned before that uh, is Braden's body type, the five foot tall bipedal creature with long claws, uh, a row of spikes down its back, <laughs> which is <laughs> that right there. Imagine, so except you could, I mean, you can see his, uh, the real Chupacabra, you can see his pronounced spine a little more, yeah. but very similar. And this this was the original one that was reported in 1995 uh, by the Puerto Rican eyewitness Madeline Tolentino, which we'll get into uh, a little bit later. Uh, the second form that's usually mentioned um, that you'll also see kind of pop up in an, a quick image search of the chupacabra, you'll see another form which resembles very much a, a creature from the earthly Canidae family. So, you know, including the, the one that looks like a shrivel up dog or coyote uh, or some kind of a hybrid mix. Kind of uh, looks like the- fucking, it looks like Lupin when he turns into the werewolf. <laughs> right? Like that's in the movie totally looks like that. Just a fucking skinny little weirdo dog. Yeah, some type of skinny inhaler's looking canine form creature. And then there's a third category where you could really put as a really kind of catch-all for most of these sightings of the chupacabra that people report that uh, you know, surrounding any type of strange, mysterious event involving dead livestock uh, and you know, half-glimpsed shadows in the darkness, and then that is the automatically the the chupacabra. the chupacabra. Well, you also you start to get the descriptions of like a mix of the two, the dog and the the weird reptilian. Some you know claim wings. You know, you get all sorts of varying degrees of monster um, that stretches. That's all kind of underneath the umbrella of chupacabra. Yeah, but for mo- for the most part, when you think of chupacabra, you do think of that hunched over creature with the spiky back and the claws and like the red really? eyes. That's what I think. I of. think it, I think of it fucking like an emaciated looking dag. <laughs> well, that might've been the first one that you saw. Yeah. yeah that's, that when, that's what my head. Well, there's like, really. there's like the, they, they say like, that's a chupacabra, but that's obviously a dog. That one. Where is it? I mean, oh, it looks, it looks just like a dog or a coyote, but um, yeah, when when I picture the chupacabra, I definitely picture some of the the usual description. It's a little bit closer to the, uh, uh, the what you would get from a book, uh, George Eberhardt's Mysterious Creatures: A Guide to Cryptozoology, and you have a description in there of this kind of large, round head, these huge, lidless eyes that glow red. Um, I've I like that's what I've always associated with the the chupacabra always being yep. kind of the hallmark the the glowing red eyes seen in the darkness. Um, yeah, again the the spike the spikes the row of spines kind of running down the back. It's yeah. obviously hairless or scaly, like you know resembling some type of reptilian creature. And then the, the you know it's it's got the sharp protruding fangs. Uh, you know to to in order for it to catch its prey and, you know, suck out its blood as it's wont to do. And the, uh, you know, sometimes there's like a, sometimes there's webbing like between the toes. It's not quite sure because it always could probably, you know, there's always kind of, is the chupacabra amphibious? Like, is it, 
uh, you know, is it aquatic or some type of something like that? So I've always kind of lives seen those. deep it, down in some of those cenotes. <laughs> oh shit! Perhaps, yeah. You jumped in one of those. That's terrifying. I don't know about that. <laughs> we, yeah, that's true. We did. Could have got taken. So the, if we're talking about the very first, you know, if to get really into it, the very first reports of the Chupacabra come from uh, around March of 1995, where he had residents from small towns named Orokovis and Morovis, uh, which were discovering that residents discovered a number of their farm animals had apparently been or reportedly been drained of blood uh, through small puncture wounds and, and some of the, the corpses. Now, the name Chupacabra uh, is a, some, like a lot of people, there's still kind of dispute about where the name Chupacabra kind of popped up to. Uh, there's a number of people uh, out, you know, uh, like uh, outlets that would attribute the, the name Chupacabra coming from Puerto Rican uh, comedian Silverio Perez, uh, who claimed that he coined the title. Uh, shortly after the first attacks had actually become public. But then there's other like cryptozoologists and other kind of uh, news reporters that say that they coined the term. So it's very much like, but it's in there. But well, there was some confusion because I believe they called a, a farmer in the area Chinga Cabra. And they're <laughs> like, but it was, uh, it wasn't his MO. So, you know, the police let him off. Chinga Cabra. Yeah. Go fucker. <laughs> Go. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, if you don't know, if you don't uh, understand, you uh, uh, if you're not fluent in Spanish, um, you don't know. But I mean, most people know it's it's, it's chupa. It's chupa is to suck, and chupa cabra, cabra is goat. So you have like the the goat sucker because it, it was associated mostly with the you know dead goats had become seemed to become the primary prey of this creature. Right. So I was reading something that said that the oldest like the, they actually found that it was used in an episode of Bonanza. Way back, and that was the first mention of it. But I, yeah, there is a mention of that, but it's also that that specific mention of the chupacabra doesn't refer to the creature. It refers to no, it doesn't. Else. No, but that's where they use it. It was like a bug, right? That they right. Were, yeah. So now chupacabra is let's so it translates to goat sucker, but now it's just been like taken as a cryptid, and that could be it could be taking any type of livestock or birds or anything. Yeah, it's it does not only yeah the the victims of the chupacabra are not only just goats like it is very much like mostly uh, mostly livestock so you but you have a, a reports of attacks on goats chickens uh, cows uh, even domesticated pets like cats uh, household pets and things like that so it, it doesn't just suck goats it well, chupas everything and in the <laughs> yeah yeah chupa to chupa buddy. And this area, it was so bad that like they would have like guards like go out with like armed through the night because of the amount of livestock that were getting seemingly drained in this area. So it was like, th this isn't just like a one-off like, hey, this is weird. Like locals were concerned enough about this ongoing issue that they began to, you know, basically have like neighborhood watch going on, livestock watch, roaming <laughs> around with, you know, guns out ready to blast this thing. Yeah, the, the entire episode of cattle mutilations went on for six months until somebody finally caught a glimpse of what they were 
what they assumed had been causing all this. So this is where Madeline Tolentino comes in. Uh, and she was a, uh, she lived in a city east of the island's capital, San Juan. And the others, uh, it, she kind of gave it its name of like what it was. So Tolentino described the chupacabra that she saw having dark eyes that went up to the, as far as the temples. So you're usually the picture that is kind of sketched out from her thing is like, if you imagine the, the archetypal gray alien, if you you picture that, the kind of large bulbous head and then the eyes that kind of reach up and almost wrap around the head, like that's kind of what she saw. And then this creature, uh, when she saw it through a window, uh, of what she was looking at, uh, she said it was about four feet high. It seemed to walk like a human on on two legs. It had these thin, lo- like uh, uh, gangly arms and legs. It had three fingers on its uh, fingers and toes uh, on the end of each limb. It had no ears or nose to speak of. And then instead it just had two small air holes where the nose is meant to be. And then uh, she couldn't see any ears to speak of. And then... Uh, she also noted that there appeared to be something along the back, and this is where you get the description of the spikes that appeared to to her. She said she describes them as more like uh, feathers, but some type of protrusions, uh, long spindly protrusions sticking out of the back of this creature. You know, like it. <laughs> my brain always jumps to like this. Sounds like what intelligent life could have developed from if dinosaurs didn't go extinct. Like this is like. These reptilian little things on two feet creeping around. Like, that's where my brain goes right away is that these oh, guys. We already had of- that conversation. We already talked about it. And they look like the Mario Brothers movie. Yeah. <laughs> they look like regular people. And it's funny, too, because it kind of touches on like when we talked to Michael Masters and basically we evolved to the point where we don't normally reproduce like we do now. Right. And the one thing this lady notes is that it had no genitalia. Oh, shit. She did report that, you know, she noted that in her description and in interviews uh, that, you know, she got a glimpse at like where normally for at least for, you know, earth creatures uh, where the genitalia would be, there was nothing. It was just smooth. Maybe it's just like an innie. Mm. Could be. I mean, you look at dolphins, like you don't see anything hanging out. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Also, here's kind of a sketch of... (laughs) Yeah, see... Yeah, it looks exactly like Braden. That's that's Braden right there. That <laughs> that is so, the exact build. Thick thick thighs, thick waist. Yeah, skinny like forearms, a pear, like a pear. Quite pear shaped, and then it has yeah. it has the big elongated like almond eyes. This looks like more like a kind of like a a hefty short gray. Well, it looks like with a couple mm-hmm. of, couple it, extra. It looks like spines. some sort of short gray variant, to be honest. Yeah, with yeah. raptor legs and fucking claws and shit. Yeah, man, heat resistant gray. Like if we if we're talking about the grays are maybe artificially produced and they're like they're you know, they're designed and created, maybe there are certain grays they you know, they change models for different specifics <laughs> the of what they're gray. doing. This is the, the, yeah, the, <laughs> this is the blood extraction. It's like when you go to buy G.I. Joe's and they just paint them different colors and you're just like... <laughs> oh, dude, they did that to us for years. I know. And you kept great. buying them. You kept buying them. I bought them all. It's got them over my shoulder. <laughs> got them right there over your shoulder. Fuck yeah. Um, so yeah, that that whole 
like the, the early days of the Chupacabra were pretty nuts. So you had a bunch of reports coming in of people sighting this creature or at least the 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 glowing eyes of some type of creature all across like Puerto Rico. Um, it even got to a point where the like the one of the Puerto Rican government officials, uh, the mayor of San Juan, Jose Kimo Soto, felt like they the government needed to step in. And uh, Jose Soto is described as being a religious man. And there was a reverend at the time kind of preaching that the, the, the chupacabra was a sign of the end times. So um, th- there are some reports that, that kind of put Jose Soto in the back of a pickup truck with a giant cross uh, oh. going around with a bunch of uh, chupacabra posses and hunting for the creature out in the, the, the dark of the Dude, night. So. He they've they've like Jurassic Park style. Some of the documentaries that I was watching, it was him in the back of like an old like Tacoma, probably Zell's Tacoma, uh, with a trailer on the back with a caged goat, and they would just like be driving around, and he's just chilling in the back with a giant cross, <laughs> right? Like just <laughs> I, I don't know what was he going to do with the cr- club it, maybe. Yeah. I, but it's like it's he like, dude, he's got the power of Jesus. Yeah, he's fine. The power of Christ compels you. Boom. <laughs> it it's weird though because I was like, while they're towing a trailer with the goat in it, I'm like, what what thing is going to come up to like a posse and be like like try to get at this goat, right? Like I'm like, this it doesn't seem like a good plan. But this mayor was fucking dope. Like I mean, he, his whole platform was like ran on this. Like he's gonna yeah, catch this. He was beast. up for he was up for re-election the next year. So he felt like um he may have felt like this was a good time Listen, to capitalize. Or he yeah, was out there is, trying to protect his uh, constituents from the demon, the demonic beast known as the This Cuba is what Kabbalah. you do. This is what you do, church people. This is fucking cool. Don't go knocking on doors, handing out fucking pamphlets. <laughs> Don't go all Westboro Baptists and fucking hate do hate crimes and hold signs. Go hunting for fucking evil cryptids. Yeah. yeah, this is fucking cool. Mm-hmm. I will join that church. That's fucking awesome. That's our church right there. And yeah. speaking yeah. of politicians, I don't want any of these signs at the end of the road. I want to see you in the back, standing in the back of his <laughs> Toyota Tacoma with a caged goat trying to attract Bigfoot, holding a a weapon that's not suited to hunt the creature you're looking for. Don't give Rick Dyer any ideas now. <laughs> <laughs> So following this all, uh, this whole thing, what this, all the events of 1995, you have in March in 1996, you have Spanish language talk show host Cristina Saralegui, uh, Saralegui. And on her popular show, Cristina, which is essentially like, if I remember, like I remember that show. I never really watched it a lot, How? but I've seen, I, because it's on Spanish speaking TV, I've seen a couple pieces of it. And it's like, it's basically kind of, she was kind of like the Oprah for most of like Central and South America. Like, I remember her. <laughs> like, I remember I mean, she her was the Christina, all right? Right. She yeah. was the Christina. She was um, the Christina. And so she actually aired a story. <laughs> she just on stand her out there show. handing out chupacabras to everybody. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you get a chupacabra. You get a chupacabra. You get a chupacabra. You get a chupacabra. <laughs> Uh, she actually aired a story about the, the events that took place in Puerto Rico, about the, the goat sucker, the chupacabra. And this was followed almost immediately by an increase of reports throughout Mexico and Spanish-speaking areas in the United States of sightings of the chupacabra. That, so either dude, people just, that, you know. That makes so much sense because every time my mom would watch Oprah and there would be like an <laughs> event and there'd be some shit going on. They'd be like, oh, they're trying to, you know, there's kidnappers in the streets and I'd have to check in with my mom every 20 minutes when I was outside. Like that makes, a th- that's hilarious. 
I, so it's not like, I mean, if you do a quick Google search for Chupacabra, you're going to get to a, a number of regional like Chupacabra, like variations and thing like this, but you'll have a Chupacabra almost like all up and down from Canada all the way down to like Argentina. You'll have a Chupacabra of those areas. Like there is a Chupacabra of Canada. There is a Chupacabra yeah. of, you know, different His parts name of is the Braden. United States. Yeah. Yeah. I got him right here. Yeah. Craig. <laughs> Craig Cobra. Um, though uh, the, the the vast majority of them do come from uh, reports come from Spanish speaking or Portuguese speaking areas, and so I mean, it, have what it is. That, that, that kind of seems like what the if that's where the original chupacabra sighted, maybe that's its more you know natural habitat. Um, you know, we'll get into theories about why other ones kind of pop up in other places a little bit later. But so. Um, in 1996, this became such uh, a phenomenon that a team yeah. of scientific it's investigators... In everyone. Everyone, everyone's got Chupacabra merch, t-shirts, <laughs> hit songs, <laughs> right? Cartoons. Chupacabra, yeah. hit, he made it big time. It, it pretty it did, much oh, Dude, he's in Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 well, you, if friend. you're a cryptid, a new cryptid, you make it on Scooby-Doo, if the Scooby and the gang's after you, 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 made, made, you done you, made it. Yeah, yeah you, you made, made it for made sure. It. So you had a team of scientific investigators uh, uh, in Mexico City, Patricia and Mario Mendez Acosta, uh, who began an actual search for the beast. To, to, you know, to, they were taking this seriously, and they felt like they were going to go and and find this and try to track it down. So according to a report that was printed in Skeptical Inquirer magazine in 1996, the team said that they staked out a number of farmyards where the goat sucker had reportedly struck animals, but... Uh, pretty much the only predators that they caught were wild dogs each time. That was the only thing that they caught while they were out there. Well, they're more common. Yeah, chupacabra is way smarter than a regular dog. It's not going to caught in a trap. Dags are pretty smart. Eh, so, so, some yeah. Especially wild ones. Some dags. Especially wild ones. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you right now, with no skill at all, no skill, I could make a trap that catches a wild dog. <laughs> no problem. A slab of meat? Some meat, a cage, and a little stick with a rope, and I pull it when it goes in. <laughs> Done. You're not wrong. You could also, yeah, but to, to, for argument's sake here, you would probably get caught in one of those too. So let's be Well, honest. it depends what's in there. <laughs> what type of cut we talking here? Meat. Yeah. Ribeye? <laughs> Brain's in there. So yeah, I put a big, big slab of ribs out there, some other barbecue sauce. You're either going to catch Bigfoot or Brayden. Like, yeah, I mean, if there's, talking, M&M, listen, if there's M and M's out there in the heat, I'm not going to let them melt. Dude, wild dogs are crazy <laughs> resourceful and they're super smart. Like, we're not talking about somebody's fucking Shih Tzu just galloping around, right? Like, this is these wild dogs are smart. Uh, so you would have, you know, this kind of begins like the what I would kind of see is like the evidence collecting and it would start kind of piling up starting in 1996. So the first appearance in the United States uh, of the Chupacabra was reported to have been in Miami uh, on March 11th, 1996, where there was a number of animal attacks. Um, so you had researcher Virgilio Sanchez Osquejo of the Miami UFO Center take a look at where the, the locations that these creatures had been uh, had been killed, and he took plaster casts of some tracks that seemed to have been left by the beast uh, that, had, that had done this. 
And he compared these to uh, some of the tracks that had been taken from a Chupacabra sighting in Kalama, Chile. Uh, And he concluded that these tracks belong to some type of unknown and perhaps extraterrestrial creature, that they didn't look like anything that he uh, would recognize as terrestrial. I don't know if he had a picture. Oh, I guess I I sent the picture to our group chat, but it's way back there. Yeah, I don't got that up. It was one of the first. It was one of the first ones I sent to the thing when I was recently. Well, it doesn't matter. Anyone watching the live stream probably wouldn't recognize it as terrestrial, anyways. No, <laughs> probably wouldn't. <laughs> um, now you had these these reports of the like I mentioned just mentioned was the the sighting of the chupacabra in Kalama, Chile, in April of 2000. Now you had a unverified reports that said that as many as 300 animals were found dead, like a complete slaughter of livestock that were attributed to the Chupacabra. No one actually saw the attacks, but residents did report hearing terrifying sounds uh, throughout the night yeah, of, of during of the murders. cattle getting slaughtered probably is what they heard. <laughs> Drain dry. S- screams and of pain. Now, when you say slaughtered, were they like, were they ripped apart or were they drained of the blood? They were just, they found them dead. It's not, they weren't ripped apart or anything like that. It was just the, the, you know, the, the basic calling card of a uh, chupacabra, you know, left there, maybe small puncture wounds somewhere on the body. And then these, these animals were dead. From what I understand, they're normally on the neck, the puncture, puncture wounds. Mainly on the neck and yeah, in other places of the body. It depends on, you know, which report you're getting. (laughs) Well, if if they're draining blood, it would make sense if you're like, from experience, you go for a, a high. A, <laughs> yeah, you go for a high, high flow artery. You know, you know. Next, uh, next, yeah. great. Next, very accessible. I mean, it's right there. Can't really miss it. You can almost, you can like see it bulging. Easy. And people oh, easy there. When's the last time I you mean, fed? It's, yeah. <laughs> it's been a long couple months with the new, uh, new offspring. Uh, yeah, getting a little hungry. So in this in this case, local officials got involved as well. So you had the local governor Francisco Segosia, who called for an investigation of these uh, animal murders, so these animal these cattle mutilations, and announced that those footprints that they had taken, uh, you know, the, the cast of the footprints had been taken. They sent those to an investigations lab to to get analyzed and to kind of figure out what they were. So in June, uh, the investigation was concluded, and then the the, the, what was announced was that these animals had been killed by feral dogs. See, but the the thing for me about this is I'm like, feral dogs? Uh, feral dogs? Because I'm like, why? Like, like cats, like cats will kill for fun. Like cats will kill just for the hell of it. But like dogs don't usually do that. They kill to eat and stuff. So it's like, if they're slaughtering, just out there slaughtering like whole herds, like why aren't they well, eating something? Why yeah, aren't could, they eating some of them? Unless they're rabid, I'd imagine. Yeah, but you get a fucking pack of rabid dogs. Yeah, but yeah. How, how much was like in the scene, like in this like murder scene of this of the livestock? Was that like super bloody? They said like they seemed like they were sucked dry. Well, see, like when you look at that though, like I I did a little bit of research into that, and I guess like canids. And especially, like, you probably have seen it from experience, too. Like, when you look at a dog attack, dogs go for the neck, right? And normally, all you see is two puncture wounds. And the majority of the damage done by dogs is internal damage. 
It's not a big, gross, bloody scene where they split open another dog's neck or another animal's neck. Now, smaller animals like a chicken or a cat, yeah, they'll grab them and shake them around. It could be a little bit more gruesome. But for the most part, when dogs attack, they attack on the neck, puncture the neck while they grip on and shake them around and break their neck. Yeah, I would agree with that. But say you have this pack of rabid dogs and they're killing everything. You think eventually one would like not hit, like if you bite the back of the neck, I could see it. Like, but if, you know, if one got on the side and they actually got like a vein, you think there would be at least some of those killed animals would have started spurting. Or part or partially eaten. You know what I mean? Like when they get there, they're like, hey, some of these are, you know, (laughs) a wild animal obviously ate these things because. You know, like they're just killed and then they're like, all right, cool. <laughs> On to the next farm, boys. <laughs> yeah, but that's what, you, like, like when, when a pit bull attacks, does the pit bull fucking eat the other dog? Yeah, well, that, well a but, pit bull attacks different because the other dog is usually, sh- their face looks like a flap of meat. One, and this is thing, so it's like, like this, is a, this is a pack of dogs, like, just roaming around. Potentially, yeah. Right? But, like, when dogs attack, they don't eat the other fucking dog, even when they're wild dogs. Like, they just attack. They fight other dogs. Rabbit, aggressive yeah, dog. Yeah. That's what I mean, but other animals. Like, that same with cats and shit like that, right? They just want to kill it. Like, when my when I let my dog loose, my dog wants, when he sees a bird, he wants to fucking kill it. <laughs> no reason why, bird, but that's what he wants to do. That's his instinct. or something. Yeah. Yeah, like, they just want to kill it. Yeah, but we're talking, are we talking, like, we're talking stuff that's bigger than a dog here, right? Yeah. Well, I, and yeah, I, I can't argue with that. I'm just saying from my, like from looking into this with the puncture wounds in the neck, that's kind of what makes sense to me. So I, I will say that most of the reports, like it's not, when you say livestock, livestock includes, but mostly like sheep, goats, and like chickens is, is the, the primary victims cattle. of the chupacabra seem to be. Like it's not usually cattle. Not usually cattle. Okay. Not so that, usually cattle. You usually like because I I, I kind of made that mistake. Dude, goats are agile as fuck thing. too. Yeah, they are, but I'm saying that they are smaller, and like you could like it could be younger goats, it could be something like that. But it's usually I'm saying that when I think of livestock, when I when a lot of these reports when they mention livestock, I, automatically to my head is cattle, like large cows and um, you know, bulls and stuff like that. Uh, but and that's you know, not necessarily also the case. means yeah. you know smaller animals, like smaller um, uh, smaller food animals. Sure, 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 sure. Um, but those are mainly, the main cases that you hear about the chupacabra, it's usually chickens and it's usually, because you know, it's the chupacabra. Well, so it's chickens, chicken, goats, listen, and like sheep. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> who gives a cluck? The chupacabra right? does. Like, <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. It's like if I came out and there was like a, a, you know, my chicken coop, I was, all my chickens were gone. I was like, dude, that could have been a ferret, a mongoose, or a coyote, a cougar. You know what I mean? Like any animal that gets in there, like any predator, they just shred all the chickens. Like that's not, to me, like a, a chicken coop getting like ambushed isn't like, oh shit. Like this is only a cryptid could have done that. I would like lean towards like some sort of little predator, probably a mongoose or a, you know, a ferret or something of that nature got in there and yeah. just was wrangling chickens. Yeah, I could see like if a dog got in a chicken coop, you got carnage for sure. <laughs> you know? Yeah. The, the chickens got nowhere to go. I mean, chickens, they're hard to catch, but if they're cooped up, a dog's going to get a bunch. They can fucking just grab them. Fucking well, that's a problem, around. man. Yeah. Like you get coyotes getting into chicken coops all the time. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. So like when I, like chickens and like small stuff that that's usually like, you know, has its, 
where they can't get away. I don't really put much stock into like, oh, that had to be encrypted. Like, unless it was like weird where it's like all their heads were perfectly cut off and like left to side, like maybe, but it's, it's, uh, mm. their eyes sucked out or something. Their eyes sucked out. Yeah. Right. Just their beaks <laughs> removed something weird. You know what I mean? Like that, that'd be, that'd be weird. But it's when we get into the bigger stuff where I'm kind of like, all right, well, that thing could have run away. Like, that's kind of weird. It's drained, like, blood strained out. Then it's kind of weird. Like, if the chickens were just, like, drained of blood, I'm like, okay, well, that's weird. Like, because I bet the chickens were fucking mangled. <laughs> right. So, um, if you get into this one, like, if you... <laughs> for, the, for this case file, it's like, if you wanted me to talk about every single... If you want us to talk about every single sighting of the Chupacabra that ever oh. happened, we'd be here for six hours. Yeah. <laughs> and so... Uh, I, tr I tried to stick to the ones mainly that kind of presented the best evidence. So the first one, like I just mentioned, was you had the footprints. And so probably the next best thing that you would want after this kind of, you know, the superficial evidence, you know, the, the uh, footprints, you need actual physical evidence. You need a body. And so that's probably something that, that that's the next sighting that is probably the most important one. And we can talk to that one after a break. After a quick beer. We'll get, we'll get to some uh, chupacabra bodies. We'll be right back. We back. We back. And we're back with a body. So you need a body to any any kind of, to take something seriously, especially in the cryptid, uh, cryptid community. You're going to need a body. And so what? this is like the only body we have of all cryptids. <laughs> nope. just, we just uh, talked about a body last week. We talked about um, two bodies. Which ones? <laughs> the Bigfoot bodies. Double, oh, double. Yeah. World's greatest tracker, Bigfoot. Bigfoot tracker. Optimus Prime. The master there. tracker. But seriously, so, like this is like the only body of a fucking cryptid that we have that that's been like shared. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we mentioned the the second form of the chupacabra, uh, the the one that resembles a uh, the, the one that you'll search up if you search up chupacabra. This one, this image sits right next to the one that we showed you earlier of the the, the tropical thunder gray alien, and um, <laughs> it, so this one popped up around uh, late August of two thousand. So you had um, uh, you had this. A farmer named Jorge Talavera, who had suffered the loss of some of his livestock, and some of these uh, the animal killings had kind of increased, and then they had the little odd twist, of course, the hallmark of the chupacabra, that some of these animals appeared to have been bled dry, that they hadn't there was no blood at any of the kill sites. So, uh, according to Talavera, you had in fifteen days this creature or the attacks um, had sucked. 25 sheep and he had a neighbor that he reported lost 35 sheep in 10 days now on the evening of august 25th talavera decided he'd had enough and that him and a friend were going to stake out his ranch and try to catch this predator that was you know attacking directly him and his you know essentially his livelihood uh the livestock that he was keeping on his farm now, they caught sight of this beast, according to him, and they described it as having the head of a bull, uh, rose-colored teeth, probably from blood. I mean, I assume they're, they were coated in blood. Um, it, it had hairless, it seemed to have hairless, leathery skin, which he compared to that of like a bat or like a bat's wing, and this bumpy crocodile-like crest that ran down its spine. 
That's the most terrifying description. No kidding. I've ever heard. Let's go through that slowly. A head of a bull. Yes. Like with horns on, like obviously with horns. Yeah. Some bloody ass teeth coming out of that mouth. Hairless bat skin. And crocodile like scales down the back. Like that's insane. Yeah. <laughs> Terrifying. So Talavera reported that he open fired on this suspected chupacabra. Uh, Ooh, with I would have open fired anyways. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and he said that they hit him. Uh, according to him, quote, we shot at them in the distance. We hit one and wounded it, but they both ran away because there was two of them that he said, and they ran away out into the pitch, you know, pitch black darkness and they couldn't catch them um, without losing well, them. Should have brought a giant cross. We'd be talking about a fucking... Yeah, in the back of the thing mounted. Mm. Thing would have had it mounted on his fucking wall. So now three days later, uh, while tending to some chores, apparently a ranch hand named Jairo Garcia uh, noticed some vultures circling suspiciously at a distance. So he followed the the, the circling vultures, assuming there had been some, uh, you know, there's a dead animal of some type or there had been some type of a... Uh, uh, you know, death of maybe a livestock again. And then when he followed the the trail of these vultures, he followed them to a small cave and to the near skeletal remains inside. Now, so they actually found a body. Um, chupacabra. They had, of the chupacabra. That's what they came to the conclusion, that this was the chupacabra that they had shot uh, three nights earlier. And so, you know, this was a historical... Uh, this was a scientific, uh, what was it? Like a historical event of scientific significance, I suppose. Massive. And they decided, you know, so you'd finally killed the chupacabra. This is what it was. Um, now, they had the remains taken to a local university, the National Autonomous University of Nicaragua, uh, where biologist Pedro, <laughs> Pedrarias Davila examined mm, the body. Okay. And so uh, the, the study went on until September 6th, where they concluded their examination. And zoologist Edmundo Torres uh, stated that many, uh, what it's many a brand people new species undiscovered had not ET DNA, not from this planet, and unquestionable chupacabra. Did he say it was a man created beast? where they must have sewn the head on successfully from a bull onto the body of an alligator and a dog. Close, but no. What they actually said was, quote, it's a dog without any room for doubt. This is a common dog. There are no fangs or anything that could suck blood. <laughs> what, that, that, what do you mean common dog? There's no way it's common. It has no hair. It's hairless. It's got a ridge on its back. What fucking common dog is this? The the issue I have is that the like original description of this thing is so vivid that the fact that they would even look at this thing in the daylight and go, yeah, 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 this has to be the same thing when it obviously wasn't because obviously this thing didn't have the fucking head of a bull, hmm. didn't have crocodile scales, like was it already like you were saying, Dan? I don't know how long what the timeline was, but you said it was decomposing. You said it was like skeletal. Remains. Three days right. from when the time right. was shot. Yeah, They're, so but three they days weren't of quite sure. Like they weren't quite sure whether that that one that had been uh there that had been discovered discovered in the cave was actually the same one that they had shot. 
That well, yeah, was and the it's question. Three days worth of decomposition. You could look at that thing and be like, maybe that's a thing we shot, right? Mm -hmm. It's going to be hard to fucking recognize after three days. And yeah, so I mean, they had only pretty much partially skeletal remains is what they had when it was delivered to them. And it, there's no mention of what, you know, the very, the most conclusive of evidence that we have access to now, uh, you know, through, through investigative science, DNA. There's no mention of any DNA being taken or analyzed uh, during this investigation of the, the remains of the, what was said to be the chupacabra. But Wait, so don't, it definitely can't be the one that they shot because three days it would not be skeletal remains. No, unless no. dogs decompose at a rapid fucking rate, or it got picked there's clean not, by there's buzzards. There's not a fucking chance. Or this dog got killed by whatever the fuck they shot. Or maybe it was the dark and they fucking were a little bit fired up and thought they saw something a little bit more grandiose than they. They did. were on the tequila and the maybe the wacky tobacco. Yeah. So, so far we've had footprints, um, you had an actual body, but we finally get DNA evidence uh, from a actual, you know, claim to be Chupacabra as, you know, in 2007. So in 2007, you had a resident of a small Texas town of Cuero named Phyllis Kenyon. And uh, she had dealt, been dealing with a number of animals that had been preying on her cats and small livestock. So like chickens and um, some goats and, and whatnot. So she reported seeing a few times a bluish gray hairless animal, uh, three of them, it would turn out to be, uh, lurking around her ranch. And she had suspected that these were the creatures that had been killing more than two dozen of her chickens. She actually set up a video camera in order to try and catch these creatures on tape. Um, uh, but to no avail. She got nothing, no video evidence of a creature coming in and killing her things. But... July 14, 2007 rolls around and Phyllis got a call uh, from a neighbor telling her that a strange animal had been found lying uh, pretty much on the road. Now, uh, she actually kind of found this creature and concluded pretty much she called her brother. She said she called her brother kind of described the animal, what had been going on. And she said that her brother told her um, kind of confirmed for her that no, that behavior matches the chupacabra. Like you have got a chupacabra. It, you've got Without the dead doubt. animals nope. that you've got yep. the dead livestock that uh, nope. appear to be, you know, in bloodless uh, have been attacked and the, the, all the kill sites have pretty much been bloodless or it, whether they have been assumed drained of blood. And uh, you've got a chupacabra. That's, that's what you've got in the thing. So Phyllis took the remains or, or I should say, well, most of the remains. Uh, she she pretty much <laughs> she kept the severed head of the animal in her freezer oh. and would apparently trot it out for kind of curiosity seekers and whatnot. <laughs> after she kind of reported did, the story, did she keep what? it in the free, keep it in a freezer and then move it with a forklift as a sideshow and then charge? So she should have done. Yeah, she should have contacted Rick Dyer. Yeah, and he, <laughs> him and her could have gone coast to coast. Bigfoot and Chupacabra. Frozen <laughs> he would have just fucking stuffed it in an empty gorilla suit. Used it as fucking extra meat. 
Um, but she did manage to send samples of the monster skin and muscle tissue uh, to a biologist at a university for DNA analysis. Uh, the actual analysis was paid for by San Antonio television station KENS, and the testing was done by Michael Forstner, a PhD and a, a professor in the Department of Biology at Texas State University, San Marcos. Now, they had an actual, uh, you know, this was kind of a big story at the time. And uh, in order to, to to kind of you know prove that claim, you had yeah. an actual special report that was aired on Halloween night about that they the like they had they Perfect. had like they led up to it like this is huge. They had findings because why else would they announce a special report about this thing on, on Halloween, Halloween night? Fuck yeah, the monsters are real. Mm. And it was presented by San Antonio reporter Joe Conger. Um, who, you know, talked to Forstner and talked about Forstner's report and that the DNA sequence was virtually an identical match to the DNA of a coyote. Oh, a coyote? Rigged. Don't lead me Rigged. on like that and then drop a coyote. So, uh, and they're 100% sure about this. To quote Forstner, um, I I mean why hey Wiley fucking he walked he's bipedal yeah this is true he was right um, it's not kinda, unheard of to give a little like, insight into he probably took the, he takes all his aggression out on livestock because he can't get that fucking roadrunner so when yeah. he's done he just goes on like massacre sprees because he's so mad <laughs> <laughs> like fuck it's catharsis is to kill him. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, to quote Forstner in his report, he, he talked about, in uh, quote, in this case, we had the material. I mean, it's a vertebrate. It's not going to be hard to match this. There are markers for mitochondrial DNA that are easy enough to match against almost any vertebrate on the planet. And those are available in GenBank. And we went to work. And indeed, that's pretty much where we ended up. <laughs> this is, um, so Gen, Gen, but, is GenBank, that must be like a global database for DNA or something? Yeah, it's just like a database. Of, it's like a DNA from uh, different organisms and things like that. Soon it is. This. I th I've heard about it. I think I've heard about so it So when you do your DNA test of... What, what, are, those, what are those DNA tests? Uh, 21 and me? 23 and me? I don't think... I don't they think they check, they go, okay, well, this guy's not a coyote. Yeah, they check They check everyone. Well, they, Everyone's installed in there. They do it for... They have dogs, though. You can get your genetic testing for your dog. And You're so like, we, your dog's one sixteenth chupacabra. <laughs> yeah, there you go. No, you can't do that. A lot of people so, do that when they get rescues because they want to know what kind of kind of dag Actually, that is something that kind of Canyon had the idea of. Now, Canyon, you know, being a responsible person, she didn't really take the first uh, explanation, uh, you know, at face value. She felt like she needed another kind of independent confirmation about what she had seen. She had the feeling that this was not a, a dog. This was not a coyote. It looked too strange. It didn't resemble a coyote in any way to her. And so she spent $1,000 of her own money to have another sample analyzed uh, at a genetics lab at the University of California at Davis. Now, uh, these results came back and they were virtually identical to those released by the University of Texas. <laughs> <laughs> but with a tiny little twist, they said that the coyote 
was only the, the genetic material of the coyote was only on the maternal side. Oh, so we got a half coyote, oh. half chupacabra. You got a chupacabra daddy. And the paternal They're out there fornicating side with the coyotes. Was a chupacabra. Mexican wolf. Ugh. Oh, shit. Wait, there's a mech. Maybe that's what it, hey, but that maybe that's how you make a chupacabra. Maybe it's like a liger. Uh, you get a coyote you get a, and a wolf yeah. make a chupacabra. The strength yeah. and power of a tiger mixed with the speed and finesse of a lion is equal to the whatever is of a coyote and whatever is of a Mexican wolf. <laughs> yeah. And then that offspring has to mate with some sort of crocodile or alligator. And then you got yourself Braden. a fucking chupacabra. Yeah. And then that offspring of the two. And so... You know, Canyon being skeptical of the first results, or you know, and then highly vocal about it, uh, she accepted these results. So, I mean, you had things, and this kind of came out as what it is. I, I did find something interesting. You know, talking about the uh, you know, addressing the the genetic tests that were done on the material. They were saying that uh, geneticists, when they talk about these things, uh, they were talking about how um, we're we can get so far into the genetic. Uh, like the genetics of dogs and like Canada, like they've been so like studied to a point that you actually can go back like hundreds of thousands of years in a canine's genetic leg like legacy. Like you can go all the way back in their genetic history. And so this kind of they say it gets a little bit confusing because you're not quite sure what you're looking at, since pretty much it seems that you know wolves, coyotes, domestic dogs all of those types of, you know, are all able to interbreed to some extent. So they were saying that, you know, you could be looking at these things like that Mexican wolf and the coyote, like that could have, that interbreeding could have happened hundreds of thousands of years ago. Mm -hmm. And you wouldn't, it, it would oh, still show up in, show. The, in the DNA. You'd still have the markers, but it's very much like, I mean, if you think about like our DNA and it's like, you can still find markers like, you know, Genesis are saying like, we're finding pieces of other hominids inside our DNA and our history, which I thought I found that pretty interesting. And you can kind of go back that far and, and find those still remains in the, the the genetic record of a creature. I thought that was pretty neat. That is cool. So now you have we we've had all the kind of evidence trying to stack up. Well, you know, we had a we had footprints, we had a body, uh, we had a we had DNA taken from what was alleged chupacabra. And you kind of end up with, you know, it, it's still, the, the thing is, the, the legend of the chupacabra persists. It's still here. Because <laughs> it's fucking real. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you still get, uh, you will still get reports of chupacabra sightings from all over the world, essentially. I think I'm pretty sure like you'll, you, not just in, you know, North and cent North, Central and South America, you still get reports from, you know, places like Spain. You'll get reports from anywhere mm -hmm. uh, about this, some well, sort of reptilian red-eyed creature running around sucking blood. Well, the thing is like, when you look at this, this, this case and this creature, it's like, for me looking at it, outside of the first initial report and then leading up to the, you know, where the Chupacabra blows up with the, the Christine TV show. And then you just kind of, you gets you hear it everywhere. I believe that first encounter. And the thing is, I think this gets too tied in with, um, 
cattle mutilation, which it still happens. There's mysterious cattle mutilations reported up until like, I think the most recent one I saw was um, late last year in Oregon. There was a couple of cattle in Oregon that have turned up and then have baffled ranchers and authorities. But these things, you know, still always happen. And back then you have these, these livestock drained of blood and you have this, you know, this sighting of this weird looking reptilian beast of some kind. Now, I believe that if you're going to attribute anything of like, that's a chupacabra, I'm going to say that that first sighting was the chupacabra. The other ones going to dogs and stuff, I think this is just, um, I, I don't want to say mass hysteria or anything or people believe because I, I do believe there is cattle mutilations in other places where potentially, you know, there is some a UFO activity or alien activity that are coming down and and mutilating these cattle. But I think these are getting unfairly or not attributed to sick wild dogs that have mange and look hideous. Uh, you know, dogs with mange and sh and sh especially if they're emaciated a little bit, like they look skinny, bone, like they start to not really look like dogs. They look freaky. Uh, yep. It's it's sad. Don't look it up. You'll it's heartbreaking. But I th I think that's where a lot of these chupacabras and it's like switched over time from this alien looking thing to the common looking dog. Now, the thing that I want to get into before you go, hey, the chupacabra's not real. We have all this evidence. The body was fake. You know, the footprints are questionable. Uh, the DNA was a dog. The thing that I always lean back to is that first report, they had a whole town and a mayor driving around in a Ford whatever with a cross because their livestock were not being killed and murdered, being drained of blood, right? Like, that's yeah. what we got. I, they were being drained I, of blood. I got a question about that, know. too. Yeah, but I got a question about that too, because it's so like, to me, it makes me wonder how well do these people know like the de decomposition process? Because like how long, have, for the most part, how long have these animals been dead for? Overnight. Right? Let's say, so they've been dead overnight. Let's say they died early in the evening. We've had, you know, these, I don't know what it's like. I don't know what ranching or whatever looks like in Mexico or these areas, but you know, like, look at, I, I've, I've been forced to watch a fucking awful, God awful show fucking Yellowstone way too many times. <laughs> and you look at these fucking vast, vast areas, right? Where you have your cattle out and you've got to fucking set out for, you know, at least over an hour to go check on your livestock, right? So in my head, you've got quite a substantial time before you get out to see all your cattle, right? Okay, you find them down. We don't know. Let's say it's been eight, nine hours since you've seen them. Maybe it's been 24 hours since you've seen them last. And you go and you, okay, you know, they've been drained of blood. And when I was reading, a lot of the ranchers would say they would take a knife and poke them and say, look, no blood on the knife. Well, and it depends what stage of decomposition these are because a lot of times this could just be lividity. All the blood's pooled down to the lower, you know, the bottoms of the body, and there is right. no Isn't fucking there a term blood for that. that. Is it liver mortis? It's called, it's called lividity. Or, well, yeah, yeah. There's like rigor mortis, and then there's also liver mortis, right? Like liver mortis, L-I-V-O-R. I'm not sure. Okay. I don't know. I just, that's what we call when the blood pools to the bottom is lividity. But right. that does look like the blood's been drained out of them. Like you look, when we show up and a person's been dead for, 
you know, let's say over eight, nine hours and you look at them initially, they look, they're ghostly white. They look like they've been drained of blood. And then you look underneath them and that's where the, all the blood's pooled to the bottom. Yeah. But wouldn't they, right? wouldn't, if you found your livestock and you move them, wouldn't you see the blood pooled at the bottom? Well, it depends, right? It depends if you go, you pick them up and flip them over, but we don't know exactly, right? Like they were just going off of potentially, like this is what I'm curious about. Is this just their initial assessment when they walk in and be like, holy fuck, these things are ghostly white. Let me check. Oh, I don't see any Listen, blood. I, I'm going to say right? over the course of six months of this town's livestock being mutilated, that they didn't just leave them all laying there. I'm sure they flipped the couple over and like we're examining them for well, why I, they but, died. But, well, exactly. And not every single one of them died of being drained of blood, right? There was a substantial amount. Or they but, did die of all being drained of blood. Or they well, didn't. Or it's Buddy, not all that. Dude, the mayor, they were so spooked. The mayor was driving around in the back of a pickup truck with a giant cross because they thought they were being plagued by demons. Yeah, but that's every single thing we've talked about with these mass hysteria situations, right? There were few right? to no records of professional necropsies being done on these bodies, on any of the livestock. So right. you didn't have medical professionals going over some of these bodies. It, it might have been, like Andrew said, like preliminary assessments, like looking at it, poking at it, like like you see the puncture wounds, you would think normally uh, it, your mind automatically means like, well, there's puncture wounds on the neck, fucking vampires. vampires. There should be blood everywhere. Yep or it should be dribbling out or something like that, but there's no blood. But what I learned while researching this is actually isn't like puncture wounds are kind of the least likely to bleed. Yeah, th no, that's what I mean. Like, especially when you look at a dog attack, they have the two canine fucking puncture wounds. There's barely any blood anywhere. Unless they hit some type of main, fucking main, main artery, artery, right? Yes. So mm. my thoughts on this initial, this initial sighting is this is where my, my brain went to it. It's, it's it's either some sort of alien gray variant of some kind, and maybe you can attribute these kind of things to cattle mutilations just around everywhere. Or we were talking on ATT Confidential, Patreon only, no big deal, about the Mexico zone of silence, where in this zone there's, uh, there's weird you know, roving magnetic fields that knock out radios and, and television signals and, and does all sorts of weird stuff. And in this area, the fauna and like animal life tortoises and tortoises grow different. They get bigger. The, the cactus that are normally green, they turn purple. When you look at Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico is one of the corners of the Bermuda triangle. So, which is My, set squarely in Craig's triangle. Which is yeah, set squarely in the in the roving Craig's triangle. Well, but, I thought it was a Craig's pyramid. Craig's pyramid. Let's come on. Let's not. It's, we're, we're, let's not get into semantics term. here. It's a fluid. It's a fluid term. term. Okay. Yeah. But my okay. my thought process was that you know that I I always lean go to that original that first description as what I base on the chupacabra. Agreed. And you start to look at the webbed the webbed hands and stuff, and we talk that maybe it is aquatic. Well, if you look at that area of the Bermuda Triangle, and if we look at what we know about the silent, like the Mexico silent zone, that whatever's happening there, uh, mineral deposits or whatever, is affecting the growth of animals and plants and fauna, maybe that same, the same issues that are happening in the Bermuda Triangle are affecting 
underwater life, aquatic life in the area. And this thing is just that. It's some sort of aquatic land animal, that, reptile that comes out, nibbles some blood at night like a vampire bat, and then slips back into the water uh, in the evenings. What right? better like way to hide? What better way to what hide? What better way to hide? And then you're down in the ocean. You, you don't. See, we're not seeing it. So that's that's kind of where my brain went to. Is that maybe this thing in the Bermuda Triangle is either coming through a vortex, some sort of weird chain of evolution? But maybe there's not as many of them. I don't believe that these chupacabras are roaming Mexico, Texas, Arizona. You know, there's a Canadian chupacabra. I don't believe that unless that's we're talking extraterrestrial. I believe that this thing is the one that was identified in Puerto Rico. I believe it has something to do with the Bermuda Triangle. That's my personal belief. You got some thinning of the veil or a different dimension intertwining with our own? Possibly. That there isn't some just weird creatures growing in the Bermuda Triangle that have developed differently due to whatever the fuck is going on. I don't know. I like that. I like that. So what else we got on Chupacabra here? <laughs> yeah. Let's go back from final thoughts to more. That wasn't even my final thought. <laughs> that was just a tangent. That was a random oh, was tangent okay. I had. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. I got a way more put together final thought, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. You just wait. So, um, so there are some curiosities that go along with the Chupacabra and probably like the most exciting one that I found talking about was um, when I mentioned about the chupacabra being sighted in a certain place in Chile. Now, uh, Chile is also famous for its, uh, pretty sure it's, um, it's Atacama Desert. So if, if you're familiar with Atacama Desert, it's like a really dry, really high, it's high altitude. It's like the highest, altitude. the highest desert in the world, I think. Right. And so one of the one of the claims about the Chupacabra was that Chilean UFO researchers claimed that the the, mili the Chilean military had actually dis discovered three Chupacabra eggs. I don't know where they got the number from. Uh, three Chupacabra eggs in eggs. Chile's northern Atacama de desert. Eggs. They hatched them. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, wow. Okay. So Jurassic Park shit. And um, that these eggs had been a product of a collaboration with American government uh, Plum Island. to hatch new ch chupacabras. And what lends credence to this claim is that they said that like kind of around the same time that the, um, the sightings in, Ch in, in Chile were happening, you had uh, like a, a suspicious operation or exercise military exercise of the Chilean air force. Like they had like a bombing, which kind of set off some alarms for some people, like kind of, uh, it shocked some people cause they weren't really aware of that, that was going to happen. And which they claimed later was like a military ex, a military bombing exercise in that, in that area. So what kind of goes with this, uh, you know, UFO researchers put together this idea saying that perhaps that that bombing exercise was actually just like that, that, that the story of an, a military exercise is a cover up for them actually bombing a colony of chupacabras. So they couldn't breed any further. Oh, so there actually perhaps was a breeding population of chupacabras. We found out yeah. how dangerous they could be. So we, bomb the shit out of them Exterminate as, as them. only America can do. Well, and, and to be honest, like let's be, let's be real here for a second. 
<laughs> if scientists found some eggs that yep. they're like, hey, I think we can hatch these things. <laughs> Are those eggs not getting hatched? Like they're getting hatched. We can all agree on that. 100% like, they're getting hatched. They're, whatever they're, they're going to do, everything they can to get I mean, those I've eggs seen, open. I've seen the first Alien movie. I've yeah. seen Prometheus. <laughs> yeah. I've seen Species. <laughs> yeah. Like the eggs are getting hatched. <laughs> like if they find preserved eggs and they're like, I think we can hatch these motherfuckers. They're, we're, we're hatching them. Like that's... Yeah. Science yeah. doesn't care. If we've learned anything about <laughs> like the our government doesn't care like it's just like anything in the name of science and can we hatch it and can we use sense. it to kill things yeah yes yeah. is there a military application absolutely can we weaponize these chupacabras can you turn raptors into laser guided weapons and if you've seen Jurassic World the answer is yes <laughs> you can apparently and you can also breed a raptor <laughs> with what a T-Rex and you get a what was it a Dominus Rex Dominus yep. Rex with the chameleon thing, which is fair. actually now like there are descriptions of the chupacabra having a chameleon like skin. So mm-hmm. maybe it is a Dominus Rex. Like Dominus Rex had spikes on its back, scaly it's skin. It's gotta be. It's, it's gotta powerful be. Powerful hind legs. Uh, yep. Only makes sense. Mm. Where do you think they got the story for fucking Jurassic World Do- uh, Dominion or whatever the fuck that movie was called? Realistically, Jurassic World was just in the Atacama Desert and it was a real story. That's how they got it. That's in the head of bomb it. Instead of instead of just letting life do its thing, we just bombed the Atacama Jurassic Park. <laughs> so I yeah, I did like the, the the chupacabra is a is a fascinating uh creature, uh a creation that that seems to have sprung up um it, it, you know just organically in the the in Puerto Rico, you know, if you go back, it's just just in Puerto Rico itself, and then kind of taking hold in all of Central and South America. It's it's all, and now like universally known of like what it is. Like if you go to a Spanish speaking country, if you talk to uh, Spanish speaking populations anywhere in the United States, like you will, they will know what a chupacabra is, and it will it conjures up that image of this, you know, this fierce blood sucking beast that that preys upon I'm, I'm gonna livestock. say most anywhere you forget Spanish speaking you can go just about anywhere and say chupacabra and people Every, know everybody just, knows like, yeah well you know it's something um I did read a little bit into it and I you know um there is some there there's possibly it is possible that the chupacabra is kind of an amalgamation of the uh or a product of the Kind of uh, like we said before, um, one of the theories that kind of popped up was that this was the product of some kind of, or one of the popular theories is that this is the chupacabra is actually some sort of some sort of genetic uh, experiment gone awry uh, created by NASA or um, and or American scientists and uh, like the, the government of the uh, you know Central and, and South American countries you know in their with their cooperation and it kind of seems that around that time you kind of had this. Um, you do have usually in conspiracies, you have these anti-government sentiments that kind of pop up and having the Chupacabra pop up in a South or Central American country is probably not that unusual when you have um, a lot of, you know, Latin American countries are steeped in folklore, like folklore, Mm. both um, European uh, American and like the native populations that were there before the, the, the colonization of the new world. You had uh, you had this perfect mixing pot of all of the folklore and all of this. So you have a very, I think you have a very rich 
environment for these kinds of things to kind of take hold. So uh, mm-hmm. one of the theories is that this is kind of like it, the the chupacabra is an expression or at uh, it's kind of an embodiment of the kind of anti-colonial sentiments of these countries uh, kind of put into this this creature that is that is devouring their livelihood, that it is alien creature that is in mm. there um, taking away their livelihood, much like uh, the, the, the colonizers in the Western countries have come into some of these countries and taken advantage, you know, these countries feel taken advantage of in yeah, some sucked cases. Sucked out their livelihood. So, yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, there, there's some... I, you know, I could get on board with that sometimes. That that's one of the, the the sentiments that was expressed in some of the articles that I read. So I think that was I thought that was kind of interesting when I came across that as well. Yeah, it's. But I I think there are some serious questions that need to be asked. So like when we went through all the chupacabra stuff, and you're kind of like, I, like how would you know if it's a chupacabra? You know, how do I know it's not a mangy coyote or how do I know that it's an actual alien beast that is from, you know, from outer space or from a completely different planet. Right. And I kind of came across this, um, you know, for, for this, for this case file, um, I was fortunate enough to get to read uh, Tracking the Chupacabra, the Vampire Beast in Fact, Fiction or Folklore by Benjamin Radford, who's probably one of the persons who has researched the Chupacabra more than anyone else. I think he was, uh, he was on board when they did it. They did the the episode on, um, uh, monster quest or animal X, mm-hmm. uh, one of the discovery yeah. channel shows, like he was there investigated it. He's been doing it for like a decade. And, um, he kind of came up with a, a kind of a nice little list of questions you need to ask yourself about, like if you encounter some livestock deaths and you're wondering whether this is a chupacabra or not, there's some questions you should ask yourself. So first was the animal, actually seen attacking other animals? If it was, was it seen or videotaped sucking blood from its victims, right? So you always get these reports of these bloodless things, but have you, no one's ever really seen the chupacabra from most of the report, like uh, most reports I read, no one's actually seen it in action, sucking mm-hmm. blood from its victims. So it's one of the questions. Okay. Was a suspected chupacabra victim autopsied by a qualified veterinarian or medical pathologist, right? Did this veterinarian or pathologist conclude that blood had actually been extracted from the animal? You know, I think that would probably be something we, that's something we talked about. And that would be an easy way to confirm like, yes, this creature is actually a victim of the goat sucker as it does suck blood. So you would hope that, you know, that would lend credence to the claim that it is an actual chupacabra. Does the suspected chupacabra have a mouth structure that would allow it to physically suck out the blood of its prey? So, so I mean, I was. What do you mean, like a, like a? I think it's like a proboscis, like with the mosquitoes. Yeah, could, yeah, yeah. that's one way. And then if you also, but there are other ways that other creatures, you know, uh, was it hemo, hemophagic? You got hemophag- you got two like uh, you got two hollow fangs in your mouth, <laughs> like yeah, straws. You just jab them in. Jab them in the neck, and then out it comes. Easy. Yeah, and that would that would make sense. Um, but the the fact is, like, you'd still need a structure. Like, how, how do straws work? You gotta put. Tell me that. You gotta you gotta suck air through right. the straw or liquid right. through the straw so through you, pressure. Like, those fangs would have to be connected to some type of structure. That it's called the creates- anus, Dan. It's okay. all one tube. Right. The fangs are connected to your sinus cavity, which you can put pressure through, suck it right through. It's easy. 
I'm telling sure. you, it works. As I, you know, I, <laughs> and I will, I will defer to you on that, our resident vampire expert. So sneeze out your fangs too, then. Shit shoots out. <laughs> oh, gross. Yeah. Do you, yeah. Do you get a, do you get like a sinus infection and like snots like coming out your fucking teeth? If you get an infection in your lower sinus, it can ooze out your tooth. That's yeah. disgusting. That's pretty gross. That's pretty yeah. gross. Uh, but yeah, so we're talking about some type of structure that would that would uh, facilitate the the sucking of blood, and maybe not even the sucking of blood. If you think about like vampire bats, for example, vampire bats don't really suck blood; they more like they scrape it, and they, then they lick. Lip, lap it up, scrape yeah. and lick, <laughs> scrape <Yeah>. and lick. <laughs> you know, so possibly. Now, has the suspected chupacabra saliva been scientifically tested for the specific anticoagulant and anesthetic properties that it must have to suck blood? Uh, some of the reports said that the 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 creatures seemed, or you know, the victims of the chupacabra didn't seem to struggle, or they had no real signs of struggle. Oh, I wonder if there's like there's no defensive wounds either, right? That's what some of the the, the like the preliminary reports or observations from people who have you know, claim that they had had an animal attacked by a chupacabra. They say that it doesn't look like these, these animals had struggled at all. So it'd have to be able to like stun them somehow or admit some type of, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. What's the, what's stunning blast or hypnotism or something like that? Yeah. Oh, oh man. We talk about ETs all the time, how they fucking like you just get paralyzed. Mm -hmm. So if this thing is an ET beast, I mean, most, Folklore from all over the world, you have uh, in in every most cultures, if it's some type of vampiric beast, it's usually has some type of hypnotic power, right? Like, I mean, if you think of it, like most like traditional European vampires, you know, you look into their eyes, get hypnotized. Uh, You know, South and Central American, uh, same thing. Like, they're they're vampiric beasts or beasts that that prey upon humans and are hypnotic and have hypnotic hypnotic powers like don't look it's, into their eyes for Zell he just plays guitar yes and you're fucked just start, can't move. start <laughs> staring <laughs> trance next yeah, thing you know it. and the last question you probably want to ask is like has the suspected chupacabra's digestive system digestive and intestinal tract been examined for specialized structures or enzymes that would suggest it could live on a diet of blood without succumbing to iron toxicity probably something mm-hmm. you want to look at that's so. way above my pay grade. <laughs> I guess, yeah, you would have to you would have to really dive dive deep to know if it could be vampiric in nature. So, I mean, th- if I were going to be like, this is a chupacabra, and one hundred percent confirmed is chupacabra, those are probably questions that I would want answered for me. You know, I don't know about anybody else. I mean, if you just want to look at it and you'd be like, that looks weird, and that's chupacabra, I can say that's fine. <laughs> If I For see me, it and it's, take a little bit more. it's walking around on two feet and it's got a spiky back, big fucking almond shaped black eyes with a little red pupil and it's got two fangs. I know it's a chupacabra. I don't need to know no scientific analysis of it. I just need to look at it and yeah. that's it. That's what I think. Yeah. If it looks like a chupacabra and it's not walking on fours and looks like a dog, it's, yeah, it's probably a cryptid. I mean, once you answer those questions, I'd be like, yes, this is 100% a chupacabra. Also, yes, if I if I also saw a illuminated uh, red-eyed creature hopping around on kangaroo feet w- with scaly skin and, you know, three 
three-handed claws, I'd also be like, yeah, I, I would accept that as well. Like if I were yeah. to visually, if I were to firsthand see that, I'd be like, yes, that is a chupacabra. I don't need mm-hmm. to cut it open. <laughs> that's, 100%. that's 100% the goat sucker. All right, there's been a, like a lot, a lot of tales of the chupacabra. It's been involved in many countries. But what do we think? What What are our final thoughts? Let's start wrapping this one up. Who wants to go? Who wants to take uh, it? I don't. I don't believe the chupacabra exists. I don't believe that this, like how the mythos that has spawned since 1995. I don't believe that that it, it, there's a cryptid, a beast that is wandering and and draining livestock of blood. I don't believe that. What I do lean towards is that these are the same thing, like all these questions that we can't answer, like, oh, well, why are they sucking the blood? Like, how are they doing this? I'm like, that's because these are the same as like cattle mutilations. These are intelligent creatures, whether uh, us from the future or a different uh, race coming down and they're doing research on the livestock. Um, That's how they're able to catch them so easily. There's no defensive wounds. These things are drained of blood uh, through advanced technology quickly and then left behind. And I believe that the only like real person that ever caught one that saw it was perhaps the first sighting of it. And that's why we get that alien gray because th- these are happening all over all over the world. And then people attribute this to Chupacabra, the myth of Chupacabra. And there must be a beast suck it. But to be honest, like it doesn't quite make sense for anything to be just out there draining a full like goat of blood and then leaving for the questions that Dan brought up. That's why I lean towards that these things, the the chupacabra is a, a, a mythos that because of all these people who have worked on ranches have seen uh, livestock mutilation that they couldn't explain and these unexplained things. And now you have this legend of this beast that comes. So you can attribute these phenomenon that all these people and uh, farmers and stuff from all around the world have experienced. They now have this like, oh, it's, it has to be a chupacabra. Whereas I don't think it's a any kind of beast. I think it's an advanced civilization researching these things, taking these animals, making incisions, drawing the blood, leaving them. That's what I think. Oh, so research based rather than beast based. I don't. I don't think it's a beast based thing. I because these mutilations are. It's not new. Like these, they're not new. It's just this is taken off, and it's 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 a way for people to explain off these phenomenon. These ranch hands that have uh, and and ranchers and farmers who have seen these things. You know these that are out of the normal because livestock gets killed all the time from predators and stuff. But the ones that are out of the normal that give them the spooks and stuff, it's this has been an easy lean towards chupacabra. It's oh, it's the it, must, it has to be this. When chupacabra. I, I I don't think it's less like I don't think like my theory is is less amazing or less. I just don't think that there's a beast that's just eating blood from you know goats and stuff. So no vampir- just, no vampiric beast, some type of ET experiment collection. Yeah. Goat blood as their fucking fuel. Goat, lamb. chickens, lamb, maybe <laughs> yeah, some cattle. Cattle, right? Yeah. It's just it's just looking at livestock. It's doing research in livestock of humans around the world. Boom! I like that. I'm, I'm going to continue with that. I think there's two versions of the chupacabra. I think 
yeah, as Brayden said, like the very the some some of them, the, especially the first one, seeing this like upright walking beast with like like a spine protruding and like the big eyes, like I mean, that could be something that we've talked about, like. We're like, oh, you can never find Bigfoot. You never, you know, it could be something as simple as Bigfoot as maybe it is some type of interdimensional <laughs> fucking cryptid. It's here sometimes. Maybe it does prey on blood. Like we, like it's hard to, like obviously you, as Dan said, it's hard, to, it's hard to know if you cannot answer the questions, scientific questions we need to know. It's hard to know if there's a fucking chupacabra that is draining blood. But I also think the chupacabra story and Coyotes or dogs with mange or the coyote wolf hybrid kind of gets merged into that. So I think like that that theory scientifically makes sense. Like, oh, this is like it's mangy dog with it's lost its hair. It's got some disease, maybe. It looks, it doesn't look like a part of the natural world. Therefore, it's a chupacabra, therefore it's a cryptid. But I think some of the stories could just be that it could be a creature from somewhere else that doesn't maybe it doesn't exist here but it's been cited a couple times its true purpose is hard to really you know it's hard to really nail down it could be scientific it could be it could have been placed here <laughs> it could be, what happens if we put if you're like a ET let's just say hypothetical you're an ET overlord and earth is your science experiment and you're like hey we have these creatures from this planet let's see what happens if we just drop them here for a couple of days, see what kind of shit they get into, and they know they get it. They go kill a bunch of livestock. Like, oh, okay, it's pretty predatory. Let's just let's, let's take it back, pull it back, on we go. So I think yeah, I think there's two versions of the chupacabra. Just that it's an interesting point because the description of non no genitalia or reproductive organs would that'd be an interesting thing of if this thing these these people kind of describe this this beast that seems to be a blend. Uh, things on earth if this is say like an overseer race coming down what if they're just doing genetic testing taking a bunch of traits from animals dropping it back down like you said like of earth though like just some scrambling some dna's creating a beast putting down being like does this work here and they're like oh god no like get it out of here right and it it go furthermore going into that like if we talk about the the missiles being exploded in that desert maybe that was a joint effort between you know, military and some sort of alien species of giving us technology to do this kind of stuff and some sort of rogue creature was released. That's what you, that's what you kind of... Yeah, no, that's... Popped in my head. That's pretty much my, uh, my final thoughts. Uh, <clears throat> I think it's pretty obvious what this thing is. It says Chupacabra. Yeah, so... <laughs> It's pretty obvious. Yeah. It's in the name. I guess it's pretty obvious where this thing originated from. Where's that? What I should have said. I think it's a Nazi super secret weapon. Oh, I, all right. Okay. I think they brought it over in one of the U-boats when they were escaping to South America. Mm. All right. I think it was a fucking deadly experiment that they brought over. I think they had it contained for a while, maybe till the early 90s and ended up getting out. Now, initially, because when I thought about chupacabra my brain went to the dogs the hounds so i was thinking it's maybe some type of you know nazi hellhound right and i'm like it makes sense like weaponizing dogs they've been trying to weaponize dogs for a long time they're great they hunt in packs they're smart they'd be great to weaponize maybe juice them up with some super secret nazi super soldier serum right okay you have packs of them mm-hmm. and instead of instead of calling them like a pack of of chupacabra you call them like 
the chupacabros, like a whole group of them. <laughs> oh, I like this. Right? I like right? this. It's like a fucking pack of them. But then, you know, you look at the green scaly man fish that we've been talking about too. Like that sounds way more Nazi. That's fucking terrifying. Scaly not yeah. So maybe he controls the the chupacabros. So maybe it's the green scaly guy and the dogs are his minions. Mm. And that's why we only get the dog. Only the dogs get caught, not the fucking... Not the, you know, not the scaly man fish. He's sending them in. Yeah. The he's, the, he's the master, right? The chupacabra. They're just jail cover. Yeah. They're just jail right? cover. Chupacabra right? sends he, in the chupacabros. Exactly. And then, then they know, right? Like when we find them, like, listen, these guys, they kind of look like fucking dags. That's purposeful. They want to look like dags. So mm. when people find them, be like, you really think that's, that, that, that's just a dog. You're crazy. And it could have 97% genetic sequencing of a dog. Could be very similar. So if you take a, you know, you don't get the full, you just get a little sample. It'd be easily mistaken yeah. as a dog or a wolf or a coyote or a coyote wolf hybrid. I like this. I like this theory. That's what I mean. I think it's obvious, to be honest with you. I like that. Nazi yeah. super, a super experiment gone rogue. And all he lives on is blood. So these the dags bring him the fucking blood that they extract from the fucking animals. And they kind of regurgitate it to him when they yeah, get back. <laughs> like baby birds. You know, like it's fucking gross. But yeah. you know, that theory is. Listen, it checks all the boxes Chile, for me. Like Chile borders Argentina. This is it's right there. Right? I mean, and Argentina come on, boys. where they say, you know, a lot of they theorize that a lot of Nazis uh fled I mean, to. There's still Nazi communities there. Dan, take us home here. What do you think? So oh. if you reach back into the past of the Central American cultures, and first thing that comes to mind is probably the Aztec civilization, it's one of the largest, one of the most uh powerful or one of those, you know, uh, if you look back into those and probably other central South American civilizations as well, uh, you can make the argument that they ran on blood, Aztecs especially, since you mm. have, his, you know, you have a history of, you know, tens of hundreds of human sacrifices being performed uh, at certain times and throughout their history. And there's this idea that it's like, I mean, if you look back into it, you have a very... <laughs> kind of likely suspect or something like that. There's descriptions of the Quetzalcoatl, one of their prime, you know, principal deities, the feathered serpent. And if you think, mm. uh, you know, at, if you can't automatically make a link between that, the feathered serpent and this creature that was reported to have these spiny protrusions, which in the first descriptions of it by Tolentino, she said that it looked very much like feathers were off the back. You have a civilization that ran on blood. You have a creature that feasts on blood. It, it, this kind of plugs into my theory. I've kind of been working about. I've been talking with the guys about about how <laughs> um, you have certain beings or creatures. I mean, we kind of call them like whatever you want to call them, like psychic predators or something. Like this you have these manifestations or something that come out, and they kind of prey upon the anxieties, upon the fear, upon the raw emotion that is produced by us, the energy that comes from these, from us as, you know, as humans, as our minds produce the psychic energy that some people say that exists. And Perhaps that this creature is just a throwback. Perhaps it is a relic. Perhaps it is something old that is, you know, during the time of the Aztec empires, it existed. It was powerful. It was, you know, that's what it, it, it kind of became that. But then when you had these, you had settlers come in, you had entire civilizations go, well, Aztecs were kind of downfall anyways, but like you had the entire civilizations collapsed. These 
animals that were these creatures that were accustomed to being, you know, fed or almost like a domesticated, I suppose, some type of relationship, symbiotic, parasitic, whatever you want to call it. These creatures kind of just wasted away or, you know, fled into the jungles of South and Central America. Maybe some of them made their way over to Puerto Rico. And because they are psychic, primarily psychic, maybe blood is probably one of the conduits, one of the things that they kind of feed on because that maybe that the blood is what contains, you know, the raw essence of what is a person. And this, these creatures, they can't, they can't feed on humans anymore. And it feeds into another part of my theory where it's that humans have evolved a, a type of psychic shielding as of what we are. When you think about like when in, prior history about how humans uh, in our ancient history pretty much referred to monsters and beasts and gods as physical beings, these things that actually existed, very literally existed, yeah. but now we they, we picture them as more spiritual things. Maybe these were types of psychic predators. They were just feeding on us. But eventually, like adaptation, how it works in the, re- in the world and how it's, you know, it's very it's presented in our world. It's evident. You can just look at it as evidence of, you know, adaptation, evolution. We evolved defenses. And so they can't feed on humans anymore. So these creatures, they couldn't feed on humans anymore. So now they've turned to animals. They've turned to the lower orders of beasts in order to feed on them. So um, Puerto Rico at the time when the the first reports of the, uh, the Chupacabra came out, Puerto Rico was in the grips of a, a huge rat population explosion. You had like it, it entire, I mean, I, I'm picturing stuff like how they, you know, you see those videos in Australia, of these like just mice, rats. Everywhere, yeah. Everywhere, just exploding out. And perhaps that entire situation, that event, the, the psychic anxiety that the population of Puerto Rico was experiencing just drew them in out of like where they were. And then somebody caught a glimpse of them and then you see them that was the original like Brayden said that's the one of the original chupacabras that kind of manifests itself you know in response to some of these psychic energies these it's like a cr- it saw a of- crack in the door yeah right I, like I fucking like that a lot I like that a lot yeah <laughs> so there's other parts to it. We're still working on it. I've told the guys. Ditto. We'll get into it. <laughs> as, as part of Dan's unifying theory of the weird, he's been working on it yeah. for years here. I'm working on it. I, I like that a lot. We've evolved to, you know, build up these barriers from these things. Yeah, I fucking like that a lot. Anyways, Chupacabra, think what you want. There's a reason the myth lives lives on 26 years later. Hey, weird shit's happening to livestock. Weird shit happens. Maybe we talk about mutilations. Livestock still die in mysterious ways. They die. They're gone. Maybe it's lividity. Maybe it's straight up vampirism. Maybe Just it's saying. Out. Could be anything. Could be there. <laughs> Anyways, we got. let's start wrapping this episode up. Who do we got for Theorite of the Week? That would be the Slain King. Oh. That's what Andrew told me. Yeah. Right. That's his Insta- well, I don't know his real name, but that's his in- in- Instagram account. The Slain Jesus. King underscore apparel on Instagram. He made a, a posthumous prime. Yeah, and it's yeah. amazing. We'll be sure to... Immediately include- after we said it. Yeah. Like, right, <laughs> like immediately after it was created, it, we had the concept <laughs> of 
what Sasquatch really is a uh, amalgamation of a number of uh, possums. A possums. If you're looking on the live it's stream beautiful. here, Braden's got it on his uh, on his stream here. That's a possumus prime. And he made a nice, like, we could put a nice background on it and everything too. Like, it is really it's good. looking really nice. Uh, yeah, it is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, we'll make sure to include that in our weekly roundup on socials. But the Slain King underscore apparel on Instagram, go follow him. It's uh, amazing. <laughs> so yeah, quick too, just like we episode came out, like the, almost the next day, yeah. like, here's a Pospis Prime, man. He did make a fucking pretty badass Mice Tyson too. And um, and Matt, yeah, Mice Tyson was an on, honorable mention for sure on the Mice Tyson. That was the fastest t-shirt to ever get pulled from our t-shirt site was Mice the original Tyson. Mice Tyson. Just for si- Mike, Mike Tyson doesn't want anything to do with mice. I'll that tell you that took me much. three days to fucking make. <laughs> <laughs> you, can't, you can't fuck around with Mike Tyson, man. Any, any play on his name, instant Oh, pull. he's got it locked down. Instant, instant Unless you pay him. Unless you, yeah. If we reached out beforehand, it might have been all right, but it would have cost us a million dollars. So, yeah, we can't do that. We should have asked him when he was in fucking Kelowna. Yeah, we, when when, when was Mike on. Tyson in Kelowna? When they were hunting for fucking Okapogo. Oh, on the Monster Quest or whatever. Uh, Mike Tyson oh, Mysteries. Mike Tyson's oh, Mike, Mysteries. Oh, Mike Tyson's yeah. Mysteries. Right, right. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> I thought he was really there. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I thought he was really here too. I was like, did I miss something? All right, just before we do our quick sales pitch that we always do for Patreon, we get one thing that's always, when someone's like, oh, I'd love to support you, but man, I don't want to make another account. Patreon is a little too annoying. I don't like the app. Blah, blah, blah. I totally understand that. Understand. That's... That would be me. <laughs> I can't fucking... Hey, Patreon is the king of fan support. They were the first. There's many who have come after. They've been good to us. The app has gotten better over the years. But we hear your calls. We hear your pleas. If you're one of those people who said, I don't want to create a Patreon account, it's too much work to just sign up and support your boys. We have a new system. There is a company called... It doesn't Su- replace the old system. No. It's, no. There's, it's in, in there's conjunction. Yeah, another system. In parallel with Patreon, we'll continue as normal. We've said on every episode for the last 150 case files. But if you don't like Patreon, you've tried it before, it's not for you. This new thing called Supercast, you go to alientheorist.com. This big, big bold letter say support us. You click on it and it takes you to our a landing page and it's just, it's just a simpler version of Patreon. It's the same thing. You put in your information, you put in like you just sign. You don't have to sign up. You just say, "I want the classified feed." You pledge. I want to pledge for whatever one, two, three months. You choose your device, either either Apple or Android. You choose your preferred podcast player, whether it be Castbox or Pocket Cast. Or actually, this is the very first one that actually uses. If you use page or uh, Spotify, Spotify is our still most listened to app, even though we're not exclusive anymore. You just, in three steps, you're subscribed for whatever amount of time you want. You don't have to create an account. You still get access to the Discord. You still get access to the live stream. It's just an easier way, a separate way. You support your boys exactly the same, but yeah, just, we, we thought we'd try something new because some people are like, I hate Patreon. And I'm like, you know what? That's fine. It's still, Patreon stays the same, but there is now a new way, alientheorist.com. You can find everything there. Yeah, it's up to you. If, if you, you like, if if you didn't like Patreon and you wanted, because some people do reach out to us, and you want to support it, that we have another way. It might work for you better. Nothing changes. 
You just have more options. I'll be I'll be perfectly clear. It's a little easier than Patreon. But we we only have one tier on there right now. It's just the classified classified feed, all our bonus stuff, the Discord, the live streams, everything the same. It's just a little easier. So it's up to you. Right. And if you don't know what Discord is, I mean, a lot of people do, a lot of people don't. Uh, Discord is a, it's a pretty much like a chat app. Like if you think about like kind of AOL chat rooms kind of things, like we've got our own little server. It's a voice MSN, and chat. Mm-hmm. MSN, MSN Messenger. That was the cool shit went down on that. That was really, yeah. Right. <laughs> it's uh, very similar to that. It's a, we've built a nice little community on there. Uh, a lot of fun stuff goes on there. It's, it's exploded in the last couple, I, I don't Month know. Month or two, yeah. Definitely. Month or two, year. It's, it's, it's a, it's a wild ride. So if you want to, you know, it's also the best way to kind of contact us. You can add us on there. It's the easiest way to kind of get a hold of us or it, it literally goes to every single one of our phones. Yeah. Yeah. If you message us direct feed to each of the theorists, literally basically text messages. We're, we're on there. Well, I'm lurking. I'm lurking all day. We're always, always on there lurking, always lurking there. There. until I'm summoned <laughs> with that ad symbol. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, it's a very, it's a very cool app. And, you know, has a lot of stuff in there, not just us, but other communities as well. But um, yeah, the, if you sign up with us, like you get access to that automatically and that and, pops and you on there. To be honest, it's just a connection of like, like-minded people. If you like the show, there's other people just like you who like the show. Bunch of like-minded there, singles in your area. Yeah, there's there's a, there's a ton of people who have been on there. I've seen, you know, on the Discord chat playing games together, uh, people streaming uh, video games Lonely on, on our area. server, yeah. right? Like uh, getting into discussions. There's, there's tons of stuff. So it, the Discord, honestly, is probably, I would say, the best part. Yeah, if you got more questions about it, just reach out to us. Email aliantheorists at, at gmail.com, socials. Uh, we'll, we'll fill you in. But... Let's get to it. This week's newest supporters. You just heard the sales pitch. We don't have to tell you. Go to aliantheorist.com. You can choose Patreon or Supercast. Either one works for us. You get the same feed in the end. This month we got Megan Schmidt, Ben Gingerella with a full year pledge. Jimerson is back. Todd Dean goes up to the Ron Pond approved tier. And Spencer D does as well. You got $5 per month pledged by Brandon J. $10 per month pledged by Michaela. I recognize that name. This is another Michaela. $25 per month pledged by Chris Moreno. $3 per month pledged by Faction. Faction, 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 Faction. $10 per month pledged by Lady Jaber. You got $10 per month by Tyler Hall. Another tenner by Coleman Stewart. $5 pledge by Isabella Marie. A big old Rompond approved $25 pledge by Distillin' for a living. And a $3 pledge by Blake Stian. Woo! Thank you very much for supporting the show. As we always say at the end of these things, keep those eyes on the skies. See you in after hours. Peace.